The Perth Football Podcast is proudly brought to you by Macron Store Perth, an industry leader in quality teamwear specialising in grassroots, semi-pro and professional team attire. Visit the Macron Sports Hub Perth Facebook page for more. Thank you to Macron for helping us keep the pod running and for their continuous involvement in community sport. They certainly are. Red Star reign supreme once again with their 3-3 thrilling draw. Um, But it's just, I don't want to say it's been a procession, but it's turned out to be something like that where they've worked real hard. They had the start of the season. They've won the league. But joining me, Kalichi, I just wanted to talk about that. We've got Tommy Domin himself. Tommy, how are you, mate? Hey, Kalichi. Good. Good to see you. Um, And we've also got Sean Fry calling us in from... All the way down there in Oakford, Sean. You well? Oh, I'm very well, mate. I'm a bit overloaded with uh, football this weekend after the the great Tilly's uh, victory, and looking forward to that Wednesday night game. And then obviously we were down at Coburn and watched that game, and then we had the Premier League kicking off. And I, I said to you, I didn't even realise that it kicked off when I saw the City Burnley score. I thought it was a preseason friendly. Um, so it's just it's just been so much football this weekend, and I am absolutely overloaded with it. But um, yeah, what what better thing to do than jump on the uh, Perth Football Podcast and chat all about it, mate? Well, look, before we get started and and talk about uh, Red Star reigning supreme, Tommy, you saw the Tillies. What give us your thoughts? Give us what you were there, what you what you felt, what you saw, where you watched the game. Just give we're going to win it, aren't we, Tommy? It's coming home. It's coming home, Tommy. Tell us. I, I, <laughs> Don't sit on the fence, Tommy. <laughs> I, I think um, this is the one time to get behind the team. I think they can beat England definitely because they're just riding the wave of momentum at the moment. I think whoever they play out of Spain or Sweden, the final is going to be a different test. Um, England do have some players injured at the moment. Um, but, but to answer your question, Cleachy, I actually watched um, the game at the Percy Doyle Reserve Club Rooms after I did the commentary of the Sorrento Inglewood game at the weekend. And it was great to see plenty of players stay back and, and plenty of people sort of get around the game. And, and really, everyone was sort of gripped by it. Um, it was an interesting game because I thought it took a very similar pattern to the Denmark game and the fact that France had some good early chances like Denmark did when Penilla Harda was getting sort of in between the lines. But then Australia gradually settled into the game and... Um, I, I thought they were looking the more likely team for long periods of the game, but then sort of as the game wore on, I thought France sort of got back into it and there was maybe that little bit of fatigue that set in um, from the from the Matildas and um, and France certainly looked like the team in extra time that were more dangerous going into the shootout. And I was sort of sat there, um, I think with Nico, um, the, the president at Sorrento, almost saying, just give me penalties now, just because I was getting so nervous yeah, yeah. And, and so on edge. But um, but then obviously the shootout happens, Sean, and um, I'll let you take over because if I continue to talk about the shootout, we'll be here all night. No, no, I was just going to say that, um, yeah, Kalich and I had a similar experience. He obviously uh, isn't as invested in the Australian team as he was the uh, the night. Sorry, I've forgotten the uh, the nickname again. The Super Kalich Falcons, big fella, the, the Super, Super Falcons. Falcons. There, there we go, the Super Falcons. He's more invested in them, but... 
we were watching that game and and I was I was just saying to him, it's it's going to be a shootout, isn't it? It's going to be penalties. I don't want to lose to the French on penalties. And Kalichi just kept kept reassuring me, saying like, but what better way is there to beat the French than on penalties? And then uh, we had the shootout, which which pretty much uh, flew in the face of my favourite statistic in shootouts, as Kalichi kept reminding me, uh, which is the um, the penalty to win a game in a shootout is the highest success rate penalty in world football. And and we almost like squared that ledger up in one game with uh, just <laughs> miss after miss and then, and then I've been saying it for years. If you need the job done, just entrust it to a ginger, and they'll uh, they'll, they'll they'll get it done. And and boy, did she! And what a moment! I like just all of Australia, as you said, it's really captivated people, Tommy. And and it's so good. It's it's just such a good feeling. And and one thing Kalichi said on our full time whistle when we briefly chatted about it was, this this team feels like our team it really feels like uh, you know there's been Australian cricket teams in the past where I'm like I don't really feel any attachment to this it's you know it's my country but it doesn't feel like my team but this is our team and I'm, I'm backing us all the way I, th- I think we'll beat England and then a final's just a coin flip I think no matter no matter how good the teams are it can always go either way so oh fingers crossed it would just be perfect I think the most heartwarming thing um, is the unifying nature that the sort of that the mm-hmm. Matildas have sort of given the whole country. Um, I was only 11 years old when the Sydney Olympics were on, but that that's sort of the the last great comparison in, in terms of what many people are saying in terms of an event, a global event, and, and something on our shores which has truly united the whole country together. And the scenes of just seeing like Optus Stadium, the Western Derby at the weekend, shown on the screens, the roars, the MCG, mm-hmm. it, and the pubs, and the scenes from all the local clubs, from Percy Doll Reserve, from Fremantle City, um, from all of these v- local venues as well who are having their juniors and, and their um, volunteers and people who are so invested that their club's taking part in, in this experience and, and supporting the Matildas together. It, it is something that, that's really special and it is something that um, I feel only football can do. And um, at the risk of yeah. sort of sounding too soppy about it, it's why we love the game, isn't it? You mentioned, um, yeah, absolutely. And, and sorry, sorry, Kalichi, I'll let you get back onto your, your your show notes. But the the last thing I wanted to point out was Tommy was talking about watching the games, uh, watching the game at Sorrento, and and I was saying to you on Saturday, it's it's funny that two of the three teams um, that didn't change their kickoff, and I understand this is a little tongue in cheek, so don't get uh, don't get upset with me, anyone at uh, Bayswater or uh, Perth, but it's funny that the two Italians teams uh, two out of the three that uh, didn't postpone it and I, I just wonder I would just wonder why the Italians don't care about World Cups anymore it's, uh, uh, it's I don't, 75 year anniversary for one of the clubs congrats <laughs> to them so and I, I, stop making excuses. I, I don't think that they could change it but um, the the other one <laughs> hang your head in shame um, the you, you mentioned you mentioned the um, Sydney Sydney Olympics and can you guess the last time 4.6 million Australians um, or 4.6 million Australian TV sits. Kathy Freeman, down, my friend, sat down and watched one thing. Um, yeah, and that, that was be Kathy. that was that was sensational. Um, uh, a spare, spare a moment for Sharif Andraus, um, chairman of, of, of Football <laughs> West, and also uh, one of the directors at the company that I work for, who has been flying <laughs> from Perth over east for all the games, and he's got tickets for the semi-final and the final. He looked a broken <laughs> man, but an absolutely happy man um, who's going to be, again, yeah. getting on a plane <laughs> to go watch that before he comes back. You go back do it, you good thing. We love you, Sharif. Oh, absolutely love it. Um, but yeah, the, speaking of other champions, um, 
Red Star Reign Supreme, Tommy. Uh, I think you were on commentary for that one. Um, it, it's it, it hasn't necessarily been something of, a, of an inevitable result, um, but their consistency, their relentlessness, um, the the fact that they're almost robotic sometimes, and and one of the most one of the most robotic moments I remember is the the goal that you sent me um, that Kagami scored against. Uh, I want to say it was against Murdoch, or it was pass, 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 touch, 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 bang, bottom corner. You're like you couldn't do this on FIFA if you tried. Um, but yeah, give us your thoughts you on, on the performance. It's, it's hard to put into context, really, because at the start of the season, let's go back, and this is worth mentioning, um, Red Star were coming off a season where they were undefeated in 2022. They won everything. They won, had a clean sweep of the silverware, and there's an element that when you've climbed the mountain, you've achieved all that you can achieve, that it's very difficult to get yourself up again to achieve that same thing again. But not only have they done that, but they've done it in such an emphatic fashion. And especially after losing that first game against NTC, which feels like an eternity ago now, that 2-0 defeat, they've gone 17 or 18 games undefeated since. And this was all in the sort of context of at the start of the season, Carla Bennett obviously picked up a serious injury. Sean Billum retired. Um, she became Carlos Vergamana's assistant. Larissa Walsh, their top scorer and golden uh, boot winner and gold medal winner of the league last season, went over to, to Calder in Victoria. So they're three big missions and I think that's a testament to the coaching and the, the cloak of invisibility was broken in that night series final as well. Correct. Where they, where they didn't yeah. win. And again, the, 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 you could tell you could tell the mindset of the players there because they kept saying we didn't lose the game. So they had this whole idea of, of staying undefeated. And then to have that get knocked over in the first game, uh, it could have knocked a lot of teams like um, <laughs> psyches. And then the other thing on top of that is yeah. that you are the team to be. You are the team that are being shot at. And you're the team that everybody is lifting their game an extra 20 to 25% against because that is what you have to do to beat this Red Star team. And, and nobody other than NTC in round one and Perth in the cup this year have, have been able to achieve that. And it is just a, a testament to the coaching that Carlos Vagamena has done, um, the culture that they set there at the club um, and the environment that they create to alive, allow their players to thrive and just slot in. We, we saw Chiori Akeda and Reina Kagami come in. They've just been such seamless acquisitions. Um, yesterday, um, in the 3-3 draw with um, Balcada Etna, the context was, again, they only needed a point to win the league. They led 3-1 but drew 3-3. The result's kind of irrelevant, really, because Kim Carroll was away. Jay Coleman had picked up a calf injury midweek. Um, there was a – Bronwyn Studman um, was also not involved either. And Maya Diedrichsen was back in goal um, with Jado Donny having to play in the under-21s and Shivani Battaglia obviously away. Olivia Wood not making an appearance. Olivia Wood was an unused substitute as well. But then you've got Sophia Neal coming in and scoring twice. You've got Jaina Ridley coming in and getting a goal as well. Um, you've got Emily Dunn slotting into the centre of defence and playing next to Andrea Teixeira and it just looks so natural and so seamless. And I know I'm rambling on a little bit, but I think Red Star do deserve the credit because what they have put out on the field this season in terms of the consistency and the efficiency, both going forward and in defence, is something that's really commendable and they are the standard bearers Look, of women's I'd, I'd football like to, in I'd WA. I'd like to add as well, Tommy, and, and don't, don't for one second think you're rambling because it's all we want to do is hear you talk about football, Matt, because you talk about it with such knowledge and passion, but the the factor of, of the, the team, the sort of the club culture that, that you talk about, I think the way that they 
because uh, because that goes back to the Redbacks teams. They were they were tremendous football teams, and and I think the way that Red Star have integrated them and kept that, you know, I've I've spoken a lot about the you know the the respect I have for for Red Star as a as a footballing institution and what they've done, and they're challenging you know men's and women's, and and you know I I, I would love to see that at all of these clubs. Where you know it, it's not just about about you know winning the men's and, and having a women's team because you should. It's about putting just as much emphasis on winning winning the league uh, in in both both competitions. And and you know when you first said we're, we're going to be celebrating Red Star winning the league, Kalichi, I actually thought you were talking about the Red Star men because of uh, the Sean Stradamus prediction that uh, that, that league's we'll, over. We'll talk about that uh, later, but- Seanton. But but yes yes we'll get onto that in part two but but the actual league winners yeah all, all the respect in the world for them all, all the names that you've already gone over Tommy that had left and 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 they just keep you know Carlos as you've said deserves a huge amount of credit but the Red Star as from top to bottom uh, are just they're winning in 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 both competitions they're doing things right and they yeah and and this but this women's team is more than just you know it, it, it's a carryover from that Redback side as well and and they've just integrated seamlessly and and yeah won won a couple of league titles in a row and I wouldn't definitely wouldn't bet against them winning it again next year so they're 12 points clear you're telling me Tommy they are 12 points clear um which again is remarkable because it feels like for a lot of the season I, I've I've done commentaries where Perth had a chance in the top of the table clash to close the gap and and Fremantle City had a chance to close the gap um both of those were tough games and I think Fremantle City and Perth have um have have had good seasons um for varying reasons and they have they have improved on last season to, to varying extents but what when you are up against a team like Red Star you just can't give any inch and that the margin of the title at the end of the day doesn't lie does it well, look, and and I think I think this is a bit that we need to we need to emphasise and focus on because a lot of people who probably are outside observers who might just be looking at the league might just look at the fact that they're twelve points clear and go, "What a waste of a league! It was pretty boring. They've won it last year. They've won it again. They've only lost three games in the last three years or something like that." Um, but when you look at the results with the other teams, the teams in the top four, you look at Subi getting a win. Um, against Fremantle after playing 48 hours earlier, like you like you'd mentioned, you look at how competitive and balanced the games between NTC and Perth SC is, and again that could be because of the Football Friends Derby. Um, but you'd also look at the results that Mum FC have had, the results that um, Balcata have had as well against Perth, and you can see that the league itself has been very very competitive amongst the teams, and I think that that should be used as something to to really highlight just how remarkable Red Star have been this year with their consistency to go, no, we'll take three points. We'll take three points. We'll take three points. And I think it's even more extraordinary given the backdrop of last season to be able to do that again. Yeah. And and not to... It would have been very easy for them to lose that first game at NTC and against NTC. And then and, play Perth the next week. And then play the play Perth. And then they drew nil-nil in that game with, with Perth. I think it was in round three and... You sort of one win, one loss, one draw to start the season. Ah, uh, uh, well, we'll just cruise along and we, we might be able to jag it by three or four points by the end of the season. But the the, the, the run of consistency has been <laughs> supreme and, and that's just not in results either. Yes, okay, they, they did need a Sarah Carroll uh, wonder free kick um, 
in, in with literally the last kick of the game in midweek to win 5-4 against NCC. They do have the capability of providing those moments when they matter, but their football and their game is so much more than that. And um, yeah, I, I don't know how much more I can praise them because they've, they've been terrific, but um, it, it, it really has been fantastic. And um, we've yeah, got- and, and look, I, I buy, I buy. Sorry, Kalicia, but I, I buy what you're saying as well about that. You know, t- people can look at these leagues and think like, oh, it's a bit boring because the same teams won it again. But I, I, I just don't see this as as one of those situations because this is a team where they lost all of those players, and people were thinking like this this wasn't going to be a runaway league, and they have turned with all of those emissions. Somehow they've just kept the cogs turning, and 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 you talk about the professionalism and the the roboticness of it at times, and that's. That's 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 a club thing. That's a coaching thing. That's a that's a culture thing. And and what they've done, I just I just can't stress it enough. That what they've done this season, far more impressive than than what they did last season. And not in any way a, a boring uh, procession. They've made it that way. But the, well, the way they've done it is just that's inc- it's incredible. It really is incredible. And they deserve all the praise that that you're heaping on them. And just to wrap the game at the weekend. I liked what I saw from Balcatter in, in the second half, albeit it was a understrength Red Star at the weekend, but they were 3-1 down and they fought back to draw 3-3. I think they can take a lot of positives out of that comeback, at least for the for the last two games. Um, they are mathematically still alive in terms of the top four race, but given that NCC have got a game in hand and they play Curtin twice to, to end the season, it's it's very unlikely that <laughs> Balcatter are going to... Um, now play in that in that top four cup, which is a little bit disappointing because we've spoken before about the tools that they have, the pieces they've got on the pitch, and and the football that they can potentially play with the likes of Baxter, Sadie, Kim McCartney, Tia, Monique Prinsloo, that spine, Gabby and Goal as well, who had who made two great saves um, yesterday from memory also, but. Um, it's just unfortunately going to be a fourth season in a row for Balcata where they're not going to play in the top four, and and you have to say that that isn't an unachieve and sorry an underachievement, and they'll be mm-hmm. looking to show if they, if they can show that fight that they did in the second half when they were three one down to get themselves back to three three on a more consistent basis next season, then I think they'll be I think they'll be far better for it going forward. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully that's the case because again, I think what was the stat that you had where it was sixth place finishes every single every single year? Maybe this year's the exception. Fifth, fifth place finishes every single year. No, sixth every year, but they're on course to yeah. finish fifth this year. Maybe yeah. Yeah, and again, this is probably the best squad that they have had um, in all these years. But look, we'll um, we'll we'll segue into a nice interview um, with Carlos and with um, Lauren Conte de Bali. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll touch on that. And thank you so much for Tommy for getting these interviews as well. Hi everybody, Tommy here. Just watched a six-goal thriller between Perth Red Star and Valcada Etna, which finished 3-3. Red Star led by three goals to one, but they were pegged back by a couple of goals from Monique Prinsloo and Tia Stonehill in the second half, which made the game 3-all. Red Star did only need a point to confirm back-to-back league titles today, though, and I'm joined by very happy Carlos Vegamena after um, the celebrations and the confirmation of that championship. So I suppose how does that feel, Carlos, to, to finally get over the line and have it confirmed that you are back-to-back title winners first of all thank you for the interview and uh, say hello to everybody oh i'm really happy extremely happy tough game today i think um, we go core in a contra-attack and um, they really really sharp they have good players and, and fast players and and we go pay in in, in the second half but the idea we always is go for win but 
in this moment the point was gold and um, and I'm extremely happy with the girls the performance I, the the feeling is I gotta go home and, uh, and there and there will I will know what we did but I uh, feel really good feel two two years in a row is, is fantastic must be really pleasing today as well. Sophia Neal scored twice. Jaina Ridley scored once. Both of them have had to maybe wait for their opportunity a little bit off the bench throughout the year because it is a very strong team and it is a very hard 11 to get into. But with the absences, obviously, of Kim Carroll, of, of Jay and and, a couple, and Bronwyn and a couple of others today, there were some players who really came in and, and stepped up for you, didn't they? Yeah, I'm really happy for the young ones. I always said in the beginning of the season, this is a team of 17, 18 players, not just 11, and we will win championship uh, from the bench. And the way uh, Sophia, um, Jaina, Queen, they've been playing, Avi, they've been playing fantastic. Like you said, it's hard to play in a star 11 in our team, but... Fortunately for uh, for me, when we have an injured or players on holiday, whatever players I put in our system, they they step up and and they do a great job. And when you sort of look back and reflect, I know you said you'll do that in a little bit more depth and detail when you get home tonight, maybe over a glass of wine or a beer, Carlos. But considering, obviously, Carla's injury pre-season, Larissa departing, Sean um, Billum obviously retiring and becoming your assistant, there was a couple of questions, I suppose, as to, as to how those players were going to be replaced. Obviously, excellent players, but the team have worked so hard and you must be so proud that players have been able to step up and fill the void and that you've just been able to keep this Red Star machine constantly ticking over and it's resulted in what's going to be another pretty comprehensive title success yeah it was hard in the precision because uh, like you said Carla got injured and um, we already have lost um, key players but I'm really happy because we make uh, a good environment and good set of mind this is a team FA it's no individual the girls were, were were working with us last year and we have some new ones like uh, the two Japanese girls fantastic and um, they adjust really quick to our mentality and our philosophy and I think I'm, I'm lucky and we work hard we work hard every week to maintain everybody in a good level and psychology I was talking to them telling them anytime you are in the bench but you need to think in when you have the opportunity to start 11 you had to step up and they did it's, uh, it's hard it's hard to anal- analyze now but I think is is the philosophy and the, we treat everybody as a family I'll let you go and celebrate with the girls, Carlos, but congratulations again from all of us at the Perth Football Podcast. It's been a remarkable season once again for Red Star and back-to-back champions. It's a pretty remarkable achievement. Thank you very much, guys, and I appreciate your support of the female size, and I hope after the World Cup we have more support, and um, and I go send, send thank you to you again because it's, uh, you're doing a great job. And having just caught up with Carlos, I'm catching up with uh, Lauren Continuo-Bailey of Balcata as well. She got a great goal to start proceedings today, a long-range strike from about 20, 25 yards out. Lauren, nice goal to start the day today. Obviously, goals in back-to-back games for you as well. So how did that feel? Yeah, it felt good. I think I've been working towards it all season, you know, and it's been a bit difficult because, you know, I don't really go for the, the shooting option. I more look for the pass, but it felt good to get on the board two weeks in a row. A 3-3 draw today, so plenty of positives to take out of the game, especially given that you were 3-1 down at halftime and you showed spirit and fight to, to get back into the contest. Um, so, so I suppose how, how pleased are you that the girls were able to come back and get a result against 
the now league champions and give yourself something to build on for those final couple of games? Yeah, yeah, it was it was good. I think that we still need to work on our. We seem to switch off, you know, for five or six minutes, and that's when we seem to get punished. So that's something we really need to work on. But in terms of actually not dropping our heads and bouncing back to to get the draw was really really good. I was just about to say that. Is that the microcosm of your season a little bit? Because you do show periods in games where you are a threat. There's some very good players in this side, but then there's just that little window, that little period where you do switch off maybe five or six minutes where Red Star got the goals to make it 2-1 after you took the lead. So I suppose how frustrating is that? And is that something that you're clearly going to have to look at ironing out ahead of the last two games of next season? Oh, yeah, definitely. We, we definitely need to work on that because it seems to be our downfall, you know, and conceding in the last two minutes seems to be when we really switch off. So something we really need to work towards. I really hope that we can finish strong, you know, take, take the win and then take today's draw, which in my opinion is kind of a win, especially for the way that we've gone this season. So hopefully we finish strong and look towards next year. All right, thank you so much to Carlos and congratulations there. And thank you so much, um, Lauren. Really appreciate that and appreciate the time. Um, big upset of the weekend it was um, Subiaco 2, Fremantle City 1. And this was with a Fremantle side who hadn't played midweek, but also had a Perth Glory player, a new Perth Glory player on the bench. So Sarah Kane was in the Fremantle City squad at the weekend, so a handy addition to them, but it didn't deter Subiaco, who you mentioned it a little bit earlier, Kalichi. They played on Thursday night against Balcata in a catch-up game from round three, and they lost 4-1, and it was wet, windy, wild conditions um, on the pitch there at Rosalie Park. But having gone from an 8 o'clock kickoff on Thursday night, they then played at 1pm on Saturday afternoon against Fremantle City at Hilton Park. And a Fremantle City with... Some real talent in that team as well. Abby, Abby Green, um, Michaela Lyons, Annabelle Leake, uh, Dale Schroeder, all the all the players that we're used to seeing in, in Fremantle City colours, Jamie Lee Gale. But uh, Subiaco, to their credit, a couple of uh, goals for Mariana Tabane in the first half. That takes her to 14 for the season, third top scorer in the league. Jeez, if Su- I, I really hope that Subiaco can keep her around because she's such a good influence on those players that are growing and, and are developing. And I think her experience and her um, her, her work ethic and, and everything that she brings is going to be of such value for Subiaco as they look to continue to grow and develop under Greg. And they showed a spirit that they've shown often this season, but this weekend they actually got the reward for it. They were able to hold on and they were able to get that 2-1 win. So look, wins like that against teams in the top four are invaluable for a team in Subiaco's position. And it's something where, um, it's something that again, a little bit like we said with Balcata, it's it's a sign that they can hopefully look to take forward into those final two games of the season. While for Fremantle City, it's a, a bit of a missed opportunity because given Perth's defeat on Sunday, they missed a chance to go second and second's obviously a double chance in the top four. Yeah, that, that, that's an interesting one. I'll touch on Subi at the moment. Um, I just think it's a really good result for them. I think it's a really good result, not only because of the, the fact that you can point and say, this is what we've achieved, right? But also looking about what Greg mentioned, where he said last year about the best results that they had. And this year, that, that win against MFC being the first time that they've beaten them. And now they're looking out and taking, um, taking scalps from the likes of Fremantle as well. Um, especially in that circumstance where you've had heavy, heavy legs after playing in those awful conditions on a, on a heavy pitch as well. Um, Have you ever played two games in 41 hours before, Sean? Uh, mate, you'd have to go back to my footy 
days back when I was a 15 year old and you know you'd you'd have a run out with the Colts so and then you'd have a run with the reserves years and ago. <laughs> shut up mate we don't need to go into exactly how many years but um yeah yeah it's let's just say it's all right Kalichi's but for just taking the cat out of the bag decades ago yes I could do a, I could do a Colts or reserves and then uh, and then run the boundary line for the league team but Mate, today, I, I mean, I get tired just just watching half a game of football, and let alone playing them. I mean, Kalichi's probably still got a back to back in him, but I think it'd wreck him for, for no, how mate, long Kalichi had to play. We, we played we played three games in a week, right? We went Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, and we had to do we had to do 120 minutes on the Wednesday because last minute goals, um, and then well, but, <laughs> having to, having to having to back that up this weekend just gone. Like I managed to do the same amount of distance that I would in all three games, but the intensity and like the sprint yeah, speed I heard and your all intensity. of that stuff. I heard was your like, intensity was missing. Oh, it was it was sh- it was like shocking. So like kudos to these <laughs> girls because I did three games in seven days. They did three games in six <laughs> days, and two of those games in forty one hours. It's spectacular. It's it's almost yeah. like it's it, almost negligence in, in 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 a way when you're thinking about like the recovery time that you would need as an athlete. Like professional footballers might be able to do this when they've got nothing to do except recover and get massages and get stretched out but yeah it, it, it's really tough and so so huge kudos to them does this mean your champions league or, or europa uh europe european football uh, dream is over Kalichi, if you can't play can't play a, a weekend midweek weekend sure i am i guess that means you're probably not sure i am soon to be 34 years old playing in the seventh tier league in western australia in the middle of nowhere right i think my champions league <laughs> and europa league <laughs> dreams were over a long yeah, time all right, ago all right all right fair enough fair enough um but going on to a team whose dreams are well alive the ntc with ishkia brooking gee she's a star tommy she is, and she scored a magnificent goal at the weekend. And if that doesn't win the goal of the week, I would be absolutely shocked. Would you eat a hat? I'm just watching it right now. If you want to say, "Oh my word!" If you want the live reaction, uh, that's it. The uh, the curler into the top corner. What and, a stunner! And the footwork as well, just to, to get around oh, that, oh. that challenge and to get out of that tight corner. She she is a phenomenal yep. talent, and. I know that she's only she's only very young and she and she's obviously got a whole career ahead of her, but she she is going places and um, that it's um, it's very exciting times for for Australian football to have to have players like her and and Ruby Cuthbert representing the the junior Matildas. But in in terms of the game itself, um, NTC won four one and and Brookings' goal was fantastic, but Tanika Lala also got a hat trick, so she's hit double figures in the women's league for the second year in a row, um, which is. Excellent because consistency is key when you're a striker. Finding the net on a, in on a consistent basis because it's one thing having the season she did last year, sort of breaking into that first year. Um, obviously, you're going to be more monitored. The defenders are going to know who you are a little bit better. Um, and but she's delivered again. She she's hit 11 for the season, and she did miss that period as well with being away on trial. So look, props to Tanika. Um, her Perth glory. Um, Call up has has been well and truly deserved, as well as the other two girls at NTC. And look, it's um it's a win that keeps them in with an outside shot of still making the top two as well, and and maybe getting that double chance and in in the top four. And they've still got a state cup um final to look forward to as well in the first weekend of September. What do the fixtures look like for them and 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 um and their positioning? Because I if I was Perth, I'd hate to see them in the third fourth game. So NTC have got Fremantle City this weekend, 
and then they've got Curtain midweek and Curtain at the weekend. Curtain's a catch-up game oh. from round 15. So if they if they can beat Fremantle City this week, who is a team in and around their station, um, in fact, it's third versus fourth, then two games, to, two games with Curtain to finish the season um, means that they are going to be a big threat for second. I think Perth have got Curtain and Balcada, and Freo have obviously got NTC this weekend, and they've got Red Star on the final day. Is it too late to put bets on Tanika Lala becoming top goal scorer? I'd... How far is she behind? Uh, Rainer Kagami's on 21, so I think the distance is probably too much. Well, she needs, she's 10 behind, with, but with two, never say never. With two games against, with two games against Curtin, that is a, a surmountable hill. Uh, she can get, she can get hat trick in both of those. Uh, that's six. She gets one or two against Fremantle. Yeah. She's going to need a few. She's going to need a few bags. And, and you've also going to need to fill her boots on one of those games. And you've also got Tia as well. Who's um, one goal behind Raina Kagami now in that golden boot race. She, she crossed 20 on the weekend as well. Oh, so, so look, you've got, so, so it might not be a case of the goals um, that she can score in the final few weeks of the season, but it's whether the, yeah, the others other, don't the score other either. around her. Yeah, it's 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 incredible that Belcada can get a player like Tia in and have her score twenty goals. Like, well, what's the thing that the teams always talk, talk about is like having that twenty goal a year striker. You want to have that twenty goal a year striker, and they are like hen's teeth. Like they are so hard to find, and they've they found one, and and she has delivered, and they still won't won't make the top four. So they just, I, I don't know. I, I guess yeah, unless there's a bit more to touch on with the women's stuff. Like, I just want to. Where, where are Belcada? going wrong how do they how do that like if, if you've got a player like that and you're getting her the service and she's scoring 20 goals and you still can't break the top four there's got to be something really wrong sean i'll tell you exactly what is wrong right we thank you ladies and gentlemen for your patience your current hold time is 15 seconds enjoy this moment of relaxation and we'll be right back So, yeah, that's what I think the problem is. Um, but going back and t- talking about your point about, like, getting a goal scorer that's come in and scored 20 goals, it reminds me of the time when um, Ronaldo first signed for Real Madrid and they had just, like, finished second in the league and they were like, look, we're going to get Ronaldo. He's going to yeah. score 50 yeah. goals and we're going to be so yeah. much better. Yeah. And, like, they still finished second. He scored 50 goals and they scored less goals than they did the year before. And it's just, like, <laughs> yeah. it was yeah. just like, oh, man, you guys are broken. Yeah. Um, but, look, we'll – a lot more to football. We'll, we'll leave it at that. Any any final words um, on the Women's League? Well, the other game was on Friday night. Don't have to talk about it too much because neither Mum FC or Curtin can make the top four now, but Mum FC had an 8-0 win, and it's worth mentioning because Katie, Katie Schubert got a hat-trick, which is which is quite something. I'm not sure how many hat-tricks she scored in her career, but um, I reckon she congratulations to Katie. I reckon she would have scored a few when she was a marauding midfielder, but playing centre-back, oh, Congrats. Uh, and I think the, the hat trick goal was some of the most determined um, 
like defending, attacking that you've ever seen where she just kind of rumbled, bumbled, stumbled, fumbled and just like it, struck it in the goal. It was as if she um it was as if she'd she'd forgotten which penalty area she was in. She'd won the ball off somebody and then she was trying to carry the ball out of defense and she was like, Oh wait, I'm actually in the attacking penalty box, so I'm gonna have a shot here and she put it in. Great finish as well and scored a hat trick. So yeah, really nice to see um Katie who's obviously um who's obviously been part of the women's game here in WA for so long and um it's great to see her on the score sheet and also a little shout out for Jess Johnson as well one of the uh, the teenage um, up and comers at Mum FC she's got 11 for the season now with a double at the weekend and she's another who I think is um, uh, well she's among many good young players who are coming through the Mum FC system but for um, for somebody like her to sort of break through and, and reach double figures in her maiden season is um, is a real testament to, to to some of the good work and the coaching that that Mum FC are doing. And it's going to be a fascinating game, that cup final, but we'll talk about that more in future weeks. All right, yeah. Sean, we're about congratulations to... Congratulations to Heron. A big, let, let me throw a big congratulations out to Katie. Don't call me Catherine Schubert as well for that hat-trick. Lovely. Um, any last things from you, Sean, before you have to say goodbye? Unless, unless... Oh. No, my, you, you're cutting me off. Oh, you, are you going to be here for the entire thing? Mate, if you want me back for part two, I'm here. I'm, oh, you, I told you I'm you, with football. I've got to talk to someone about it. You just want to gloat over the 2 nil score lines and you want to ask Tommy if it's time to panic <laughs> for Florian. And I am here for it. And we'll be back to talk about that in part two. 